Welcome to Missionary Ramblings. I'm your host, Steve Hendricks. Uh, today, my guests are going to be Julie Sellers and Carly Brookie. And uh, these two ladies have uh, been members on over close to 20 trips, both locally, uh, regionally, and internationally. And they've also led a couple of teams to Tanzania to visit me. Um, so they've got a wealth of information, and hopefully we're going to tap into some of it today and tell some good stories from some of our adventures together, mm -hmm. and uh, as well as just kind of have some fun today. So um, I think uh, well, we want to uh, start off by praying uh, for what we're doing here. So uh, let me lead us in a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessings you have given to us and the, the fact that you have uh, just taken us around the world and to so many places and that we have been able to be a part of your will to help people, to love them, to cherish them, and to help them feel safe. And we thank you for all those opportunities. We pray today as we have a discussion that uh, anybody out there who's thinking about going on a trip or leading a trip or just being involved in missions in any way will hopefully be touched by something we say here uh, or just learn something they haven't learned before. All this we pray in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, ladies. Um, I guess the first thing we want to talk about, uh, we just said we want to discuss, is why people go on mission trips and uh, asking that question. And so I guess let's start off by asking, why did y'all go on your first mission trip? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, um, my parents were always very involved in just helping others and that kind of in me that I needed to help others I wanted to. But the first trip that I actually went on was through our church, sponsored by United Methodist Women, and went to John Ball for a couple of weeks as a teenager. And I knew after that trip that it's something that I wanted to do again. It was a number of years before I did, but um, it was just something that really touched me, and I just knew helping others, and uh, it was just something I wanted to do. So that's kind of how it got started for me. My first real mission trip was when my son, Austin, oldest son, Austin had already been to Saukahatchee um, in the lower part of the state, and he came back and said, Mom, you would love this. You love to do things and help others and be active and um, repair things, make, make a difference you can see. He said, you should come. And so I went because he wanted me to go to Santee, Saukahatchee camp. And I fell in love with Sokka local missions, and then so. yeah. And Sokka in case you're not familiar with it, is a program, I think it's with the Methodist Church specifically, mm -hmm. uh, where within the state they go around and help repair people's homes mm -hmm. in um, economically depressed areas. And so they typically have a group of homes they have to go work on. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember uh, the first Peru mission trip that we went before that. Mm -hmm. that uh, we were in this conversation. We were at uh, a retreat at the beach. I don't remember where we were. And we had gone to Peru as, uh, I guess, attaching to another group. Yeah. I had been with the Volunteers and Medical Missions. Okay. Basically, they brought me along it's because it was a uh, considerably tough area they were going to. Apparently, people had come to for that. <laughs> and it was in the jungle? That it was, was in the jungle. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you had, we were standing on the beach of Oakland, and you 
that talked about going there and how you want to take the group from our church. And I was thinking at that time, I think I'm going to do that. I can do that. And so that was kind of how the first foreign mission trip came about for me to even participate in. So it was because of you that I went the very first time and I fell in love with it. I thank you for that, but I'd say God did a lot more than I did on that. I just got lucky to be the leader that first year. Well, I think you, someone we knew had been there, made us feel that you can go and hear, you know, we respected you and we needed guidance there. But again, my daughter Kelsey is the one that was interested in going to Peru and she wanted to go to the meeting and I was very reluctant, you know, I had other little children at home and things like that and she came away from the meeting after you spoke about it and said, Mom, we have to go. I said, where is Peru? You know, <laughs> and uh, where is that? And um, so she was the one that really pushed to go. And my husband, my husband said, Kelsey, you can go to Peru, but your mom has to go with you. And I remember that discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He and I, I had like, several discussions. Yes, and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> but it was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. And we went to the jungle where we could then before and stayed in places that we never, ever. stayed in an eco-lodge that fell down a couple of yeah. years later. Yeah. You yeah. could scrape the wall and see all the termite trails, but the best part of it, <laughs> there was a bathroom that was separated from the facility, yeah, yeah. and you had a one board that connected the two. So in the middle of the night, if you got up to go to the bathroom, you had to tightrope walk across the board. <laughs> well, Carly and I actually were in the little room across from the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> so we got to hear all of that. Huh. People, people <laughs> precariously going to the bathroom. In the yeah. And of course, everybody got the wonderful adventures of going in the bathroom and finding bats, bats frogs, frogs, snakes. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We right. had a wildlife uh, mirage there. You know, people constantly finding things in the uh, of course, that has happened to me in Tanzania as well. One of my favorite jokes is about you know, I go into the bathroom to do one thing, the bat flies up out of the hall, hits oh, me in the face, <laughs> and I feel the need to do something else. <laughs> but you, as much as we joke about the scary things right. that we saw there, that made me love, fall in love with missions. And um, again, Kelsey went back several years, and then she took her boyfriend, who is now her husband, and that led, and then I kept going, and. Um, yeah, if we were in five-star yeah. hotels, I wouldn't do it. And then, oh, no, this is, yeah, this is great. Because up here, yeah, and you're kind of immersed into what those boys were living in mm-hmm. as well. I think it's good to experience it that way. Just to be clear, the, the project we're talking about is we were working with Scripture Union of Peru, and specifically we were going to help build uh, orphanages in the middle of the jungle for street goals. Well, I think another thing I came away from with that trip was the relationships with team members that were developed. Uh, And there's friends I made during that trip that are still friends today. That's been a long time ago. My best friend, Kyle. He and I, we were in Sunday school class, but we didn't really know each other until after we had done the and, and now I consider him my you know, best friend. Well, that was not ex- expected for me. Yeah. I just didn't even think about that then. And there were a lot of wonderful side effects of each trip. Right. Um, when you we, go that far, when you go that far out of your comfort zone, and there, 
you really learn people. I mean, you really yeah. see what people oh. really like and who you can depend on. And that first trip, it's so deep in my heart of our men. Yeah. That I felt very protected yeah. and very taken, you know, even though we were in an uneasy part of the world. And, you know, but it was, like you said, you'll never forget that first experience. And even all the preparation on the team building is very important as well. We're going to save that topic for a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the difference. We have fun when we go on mission trips. Uh, and yes, we take trips that let us go see things we wouldn't otherwise get to see. Uh, we've done waterfalls in Peru. Uh, we've done safaris in Tanzania. And those are wonderful. Uh, but there's a difference between having a day dedicated to that and the idea that a mission trip can be somewhat like a vacation. Uh, you're supposed to have fun when you do this. It's, if you're not, then you know, you're missing something very vital to the mission trip. But the main thing is you're supposed to be focusing on God's work. And you know, there are a lot of people that misunderstand, like there were tons of people as I was doing these every year. And we kept going back and going back and back. And everybody kept saying, well, you're going on your vacation soon? Going on your vacation soon? I guarantee you, I've never had a vacation where I carried 90-pound concrete bags right. up a hill and then had to carry them back down the hill and then up another one. Uh, it, you need to work, whether it's being in, in contact with kids and doing vacation Bible school type stuff, or you're, you're going somewhere and helping provide medical services, or you're going somewhere to build things. All those are, are your main priorities, and I think one of the best things that has happened uh, especially out of the Peru trips, is there is, we have never lost focus on the fact that we're there to do something for the people there. When, when every year, uh, now that Kyle's the leader, um, one of the things is every year we have to decide where we're going, or y'all go. And the first question he asks is, where do you need us the most? And there have been times we have, this team has agreed to go places that nobody else wanted to go to, and they couldn't get anybody else to go visit simply because our team had the heart to go where Scripture Union and the street boys needed them most. And that's important. Yeah. That, is, that is missions, though. You're going where the work is needed, right. where you are needed. Is One of the worst things I think somebody can do when they're planning or thinking about missions is what do we want to do? You know, right. you can, yes, you look at the strengths and skills of your people and you look at the monetary amount you have to do things. But ultimately, you have to think about what is that group I'm going to work with? What do they need me to do? What message do they need me to bring back to people? But, you know, everything should be focused on what God is doing there, first and foremost, and then you have fun. I mean, we had some fun at things that we never knew. That first night in the Ecoplodge, we had a laugh right and almost broke the place down <laughs> over true. some absolutely stupid <laughs> jokes that happened. And I mean, everybody could hear everybody through yeah. the thin walls and the termite walls. So. It was just, I mean, we were so worn out. We were like about middle, middle school happy. level humor. Yeah. And I mean, everything was funny to us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was great. I mean, that was one of the, I still remember that night more than almost anything And you're else. so tired. You go, I have to go to sleep, but this is so fun. I mean, we, we were seriously shaking the building. Yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing. <laughs> well, even with Carlina, we were we were in a tent inside a rig, right. basically, in a you know, tent mm -hmm. yes, inside a rig. And Carlina, 
bit like the moths that would that would come. Well, so well, she'd be like, oh, those moths down there. Well, they were on the outside, but they were like right there. Get them all. And she stayed in there. Yeah, no, so much fun. From your standpoints as both team members and leaders, though, um, when, how do you make sure it's about what God wants, what we're supposed to be doing with the group we're with? What are some of the things you've had to to think about or do or make decisions? Well, I know with um, in planning the trip and trying to get a group together who's interested in going. When you have that first meeting, and you, I think it's important to really lay it out there. Be honest. This mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we're going. You know, if you're thinking of something else, then maybe this is not the time for you to go. Maybe some other time in your life it will be, but right now, maybe it's just not the place or the, you know, the right. jobs we're going to be doing, and that eliminates some people right there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some people who have abilities to do construction and carry heavy bags of sand and this and that. There's some people who cannot. But there's Bible school. There's always everyone can contribute, you know, and you have to figure that out. Um, But I think that helps to eliminate the people who think they're going to Tanzania on the entire week of safaris. Yeah. 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 But but I think it's also a good time to lay out there what you're talking about that. Everybody has something to offer, even though you can't carry, I can't carry a hundred pound bag of sand, but I can help with the people in the kitchen, or I can twist rebar. Uh, yeah, I can do that, or dig ditches, or whatever it is. So I think if you really have a heart for it at that time, then you are just going to have to trust that God's got a plan for you in that mix. Let's build back into that, carrying the concrete bags, because that's a great example to me of how people can find a way to help, regardless of their skill level, what, what their physical capabilities are. Um, we were surprised that time. We, we did not know we were going to be carrying concrete bags up and down from up one mountain through the valley and back over the other mountain peak. And the Jeep was broken, so that it wasn't able to do it. So, but they had to get over there. This is in Peru. This was yes. in Peru. And uh, that trip, you know, we didn't have you know, we had a good group of people who could carry them, both male and female, and then we had some who couldn't. And y'all worked as a team. People stepped up yeah. and took two people took a bag. Yeah. Or I remember specifically, guys, it's hard to lift the bag up. So there were people who could lift help lift it up and save yeah. the carrier. The the problem the there was mm-hmm. is they were able to focus on lifting correctly. Yes. Whereas somebody who's carrying the bags will often get tired and reach over and pick them up wrong and destroy a bat. Yeah, and and by doing that, they save a lot of injuries by working as a team just to lift and put the bags up on their back. But specifically, I want to talk about Pat. Yeah, yeah. You're in this heated jungle just burning up and you're carrying bags up down mountains. And she took on the role of learning what everybody, what flavor of Gatorade everybody liked and making sure that their specific bottle was filled up with that Gatorade and that every time you got up to the top of the hill, she shoved your bottle in your face and said, drink. And again, had she not been there, I don't know that we would we would have gotten the job done. And we did. And you're focused on the task of doing, she's focused on making sure you're okay. Exactly right. 
you know, she didn't feel like she was physically strong enough to do it, but she found a great role for herself right. in right. protecting all her team members. Right. And, and you just don't know what's going to happen until that comes up. Right. And, you know, so be open. Right. Be accepting of the role you may have to take on. I mean, I've had to participate in vacation Bible school skits, <laughs> and I'm not a big skit guy or anything like that. So, you know, I, uh, that was a tough one for me the first year, you know, having to get in there and participate in the skits like that. So, you know, everybody has their uncomfortable zone, and they need to approach it and deal with it. Well, I think part of the mission trip is being pushed out of your comfort Letting God test you. Let God see what you can do for him. Letting God prove to you what you can do. Because a lot of people don't go into this knowing what they can do. It's similar to military training. A lot of people don't know what they can do until they're pushed beyond the limit. God does that on mission trips. Well, and you're going to be, he's going to give you. And then he gave us Patty and kept yeah. our water bottles full. Yeah. You know, a wonderful addition to the team. You know. A lot of things like that happen. All right. Um, so we were going to talk about some other things as well. Um, fundraising. When you build a team and you put it together, you have to fund the team. And it's wonderful if you want to go in and tell team members you've got to pay this much money to go on this trip. And, and you should tell them there's a certain amount they have to pay. I always believe that. Uh, that gets away with some of the people who are on for the, the kind of the vacation side of it. But really and truly, you need fundraisers, and they're important for a lot of different reasons. Uh, can you give me some examples? Well, just the team building that happens when you are working on something together. Getting to know the people yeah, on the team that you're going to travel thousands of miles with. Yeah. Why? And you get to see people's commitment level, mm -hmm. dedication level. You know, what kind of skills do they have uh, that they didn't know about? But I think it's an important part of it to be able to participate with team members through the whole process. Because usually it's several months to prepare to go. This is a ticket today and then tomorrow. And, and there's a lot, of, a lot of preparation that has to go on that I think you get to see what people bring to the table that you just did sometimes I think when you first start the team, you kind of look around and think, hmm, you know, what that person can do with that person or um, you know, I'm surprised that person's going. I would never thought about them going, but then when you do your mm -hmm. uh, fundraisers, I think you start to see just yeah. exactly what people can uh, contribute. I think about I think back about the first time that we decided to leave at Pennsylvania trip and we started like 18 months ahead of yeah. time, way yeah. ahead of time. And we, yeah. uh, Julie and I sat down, do we want to do this? And we prayed about it. And we said, well, we need to make it available for people to do fundraisers and we want to have different kinds. And I think people were like, you know, this is a year and a half away. And we would have monthly meetings, which Steve showed us how to do that. But that's part of the, the team building again, you know, taking different people to pray. Um, delegating things, but just meeting everybody and seeing, getting to know people. Because some people join the team, you don't even know them. Right. And that 18 right. months seems like a long time, but it was over before you knew yes, it. Yes, it was. <laughs> but um, the team meetings and the fundraisers is just part of the learning to be together. Well, but it also yeah. brings out an opportunity for other people who can't go on the trip to participate, oh, yes. to be a part of yes. what you're getting ready to do. But there are people who are never going on a mission trip. 
or we feel like we take them with us right when they purchase right. something or help with the right. yard sale and yeah well yeah. the the bears would be a good oh, yes. example of that the oh, crochet yes. bears yeah uh, linda made and her daughter that made some she made the majority of them. she okay. made over a thousand uh hand crochet bears and we would we actually the first time we did it we, we printed out plane tickets for the bears and, and the person who bought a plane ticket for the bear uh got to name the bear and then we would give them away to the kids when we got there but it became a, a, a process by which um not only did we give the, the bears to the kids we took pictures with them wow, yeah. brought them back to the people who yeah, donated right. the bear so that they could see the the child uh whether it was there. in peru or yeah. tanzania right. they got to see the child that took that bear and how happy they were with it and they got to see a direct correlation from their donation. Right. Makes it that. real. Makes it yeah. more real. Well, you makes see it a the part of it. Exactly. And you know, that's part of being a, a missionary is, is not just the fact that you're going to go over there and do this and participate, but you have to bring back something. You have to try and encourage people to participate throughout, even the ones who are not going. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the, the, the this ability to fund and help. But also the stories you bring back to share with them when you come back. You know, my mom was scared to death the first time she went with because I always said, you go on a mission trip, you've got to come back and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And she's not a public speaker. <laughs> and I, luckily for me, I was always home when she was ready to do these, so I was able to go with her and help her. But she knew she had to get up and tell people about her trip. And, you know, whether it's in a formal setting or an informal setting, you have to constantly talk about that trip and what it meant to you and what you got to see and the experiences you had so other people who can't go can see what God's work is in the world. Well, it makes me think of um, Kathy's story. She'll tell you that she did not go for years and she would think, I can't do this, I can't do this. And But she would hear me talk about it in front of her son and everybody. She'd hear me talk about it. She'd hear people talk about it. And finally, one day, she said, one year she goes, I think I can go. I think I'm going to go, you know. Because the more you talk about it, the more you almost feel a part of it, you know. Just, right. think I can do the that. The same thing happened with one of my daughters. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've gone with two of my sisters mm -hmm. and all three of my daughters, but one was a holdout on my daughter. <laughs> Caroline, she was a holdout. Mm -hmm. All these years, she, I come and go, come and go. She, she never had been interested. It's no, yeah. she's yeah. like, I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. I'm home there. And then the one year, She's like, oh, I'll go this year. Of course, she had been to Tanzania too, but to go to Peru, I guess that's okay. But um, then she went the one time, and that was it. So I think it is coming back and sharing the stories and just let people know just how important it is that you send people to places like this. Because I know a lot of people think you need to keep the money right here. You know, that's a different conversation. But um, it is important to show other people in other parts of the world that there are people who care about them mm -hmm. and who want to go and spend time with them. And I know we went into that several times, and I can't believe you came here yeah. you know, to be with us. You came from the United States to be with us That's here. That's a great side discussion uh, we can have right now. It's the fact that uh, we asked Billy Park, who's the, the, the person who arranged our trips at Scripture Union, uh, we asked him one time, you know, we could send you money, and it could do probably more good than us spending all that money coming down here. Mm -hmm. And you could build things and buy, you know, local workers and all this kind of stuff. So why is it so important for us to come? 
he told the story about, you know, to, uh, to the boys there, we're like people on the billboards and in the movies and things like that with our skin color, all those kind of things. So when we come down there and they know we're coming and they see us work like we do, uh, they're impressed. They, they feel a little bit of God's love. And this is a group of boys who don't understand fatherly love because mm -hmm. they've been kicked out of their homes by the house. So the concept of, of God's love is a tough one for them to grasp a lot of times uh, because it's represented as Father's love. And they see us come down one time, oh, that's nice, they came down, they had a good trip, we got to play with them. You come back next year. You come back the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. And it truly changes their belief on what's happening. They, they accept us as a member of God's family and they accept that we're we're a representation of God's love well, to them. It's that relationship too. Yeah. It's not they, they're receiving a shirt that we sent money, but they're getting to see our face and right. get to know us. You know. Well, yeah. I think one thing that we've also been careful to do not be is to you're just yourself. You're mm -hmm. not coming down there with a photo album full of here's my car, here's my house, right. and oh yeah, here's my job I have. I mean, you're coming as you and they don't need they don't need anything else from that. They just need you. But also and we I know one for one of the years we took little photo albums of our family. Yeah. Not of our house, right. not of our car. Right. But of our this is my mother. This is right. my children. Right. These are my children. And they really they are a child of someone, yeah. you know. And, right. and they, they responded to that because it's 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 another form of relationship. Introducing right. somebody to your family. Oh, yeah. Even if it's just through pictures, right. uh, makes them feel more connected to you. Right. Well, I guess I was thinking more if they see on the billboards, they see oh. these beautiful yeah. people and they have all these things and then when we go and we show up. Yeah, we show up. <laughs> we even tried we even basically <laughs> explain to people don't bring all your gadgets with you. Right. We didn't want people bringing all their iPads and, and right. specialty phones and all that. I mean they still did because they became the picture taking mode after a while. But um, you know, it was about not bringing expensive things and you know, putting Showing those things there. there, yeah, just or it comes across that way, or it could yeah, come across it that does. way. And, and so, for them just to be with us, right? And one of the best times, especially at that first site, was at night when uh, we had a large group of, of people who were playing with the kids all night long, right? And I mean, it got to the point where it was hard for the parent house parents to get the kids out of there, together. yeah, <laughs> uh, because they were having so much fun playing right. different games right. with our, our people, and that's all we did all night long. And we were tired, we were worn out, but they still played. Yeah. Well, I remember Paul Clark saying, I think it was Paul that said, from Peru, said, you know, the, the kids know you care when you come, but they know you really care for them deeply when you come back. Yeah. And um, I had an experience one time, we had taken Polaroid pictures, one of the first years we went to Peru, and you know, we get took Polaroids of us and them together and whatever, and we gave them to them. We went to another site, and then the third year we went back, and a boy, and some children are more, you know, some children are more, you know, outgoing, and some are more shy, you don't get to know them as much. And a boy came up to me, and he looked at my face, and he said, un momento, and he ran away to his room, and he brought back a Polaroid picture that was two years old, and it had me and him and another boy, and he had had that on his wall for two years. And I, you know, I hardly remember him. But and I know different groups come in. He remembered. I just think that's, you know, they they know they know that you're back. Yeah.
Well, I think another important point with the trips too is that as far as not bringing the gadgets with you and things like that, is it's an opportunity for you to disconnect from the things that you have in your life every day that stress you out or fill up your time or um, whatever. I just think it's a good a good time to just disconnect and just listen to what it is you're supposed to yeah. be doing. That is my favorite Focus time. Focus on the moment. You know, I was away from my office, all the stresses of the office, and then the worst thing is, is when I call in and dad starts to talk about what's going on at the office. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, this client called you yesterday, I need to know this. Well, the first few years of Peru, there was no cell phone. We didn't have no, We, we only sure. had the, the yeah. phone in town. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It was real disconnected. Yeah. yeah. We did go to an internet cafe or something. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, uh, there are different things that can happen when you go home, like some conversations and some people got that weren't very pleasant. The people at home were stressing a little bit too much. Uh, Save that for another day. You talked a little bit about disconnect and I think that would would be a good time now for us to bring up the conversation about picture taking. Um, One of the things I I believe personally that when you go on these trips that uh, if you go there and you just take pictures and you're just you know spending all your time trying to document that you lose the chance to be in the moment, be connected to what's going on. Now it's important to document what's going on. And, and we've done some different things over the years, and I think the one that worked really well for us, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, was uh, when they came to visit me after I became a full-time missionary, they brought the team over to mi- visit with my sites. Uh, I took on the role as the photographer because I'm there all the time. And I know all the people we're dealing with, and, and I'm in that moment on a regular basis. So I tried, your people still had cameras and could still take a personal photo of them. But during the majority of the day, as they were working with the kids, they weren't supposed to feel obligated to try and document their experience. They were supposed to feel free to be in that moment and participate. And also, so those kids could see that they are just with them and not just there for picture taking and everything. And and the beauty of that too was we actually were able to create a booklet because I had all the photos and you know, then I create the booklet with, you know, every day has a picture of every right. team member yeah, uh, that goes through yeah, that day. And so they get a, a, and then they can buy it if they want or not if they don't want to. Well, and I think this last trip to Canada that's calling my blood on, um, every minute we were at that school was taken up with us immersed in something with the kids. Every minute. It was very busy. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was amazing. It was one of our best, uh, the ones I've done. That was one of the best ones because, yes, we were, everybody was involved. Mm -hmm. And it was was so much fun. It just made it fun where you didn't have to, you just did what you were supposed to be doing, enjoying the kids, getting your messages Mm -hmm. across that you wanted to cover, and you didn't have to worry about. I never thought about taking a picture. You know, during the whole day, right. didn't think about it. So I knew you were taking care of the one thing, but it never even entered my mind. I need to stop and take a picture of this. I love to take pictures. It. I love to take pictures. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, as a as if you're going to lead a team or be on a team, it, it's important to think about things like that. Yeah. What what's best for the team to be involved in the moment? What can I do to remove distractions? And if you have somebody locally there that can take the pictures for you. Um, that's wonderful. Make sure they understand they need to take pictures of every team member doing something throughout the day. 
several actually, so you get it, you know, you'll get one good yeah, shot that, of each member. That would be great, just not worry about yeah. it. And somebody, you know, make sure that things are documented and you have pictures of that, all the activities and the children. One, well, it gives you things when you pop out. Yeah. People are asking you, oh, yeah. what did you do? Or what does this look like? And right. you've got a way to show, you know, this is what we did. And then that opens a conversation about what your trip was about and what your job was. So mean, it, it was a, a good experiment. I think even if you can't find somebody there locally, maybe rotate through the team members where they each get a day where they take That's it. That way idea. they still yeah. have a chance to be a, a immersed member of your team and then a day taking photos and so forth. So uh, those kind of things are really important, I think. Because uh, you know you've got all this what you need to experience what you're there for, and yeah. you know you uh, spend two days on a flight just to get somewhere. Uh, you really don't want to waste your time by you know not being immersed with those kids, especially if you're working with kids. It's always get immersed with the kids, get immersed with them, be on their level, do what they want to do, you know, kind of thing. And, and let me tell you. They still ask about Carly and Julie. They still ask when they're coming back. Uh, I hope we can. I hope we can. Well, Julie, I, I know Julie and I have done many missed trips together, and we love each other. And um, but during the lunchtime, we and I, did, I wanted to do it. You wanted to do it. We always ate what the kids ate. <laughs> yeah, we did. And they loved that. I yeah. mean, they wanted to make sure that we were getting enough, and they would spanish but yeah they pop, they want to make sure we have plenty of it but um but i think they loved us yeah. being a part of their meal and yeah, and i loved it their culture. Exactly. I loved it too. To even like going to the church uh, on that sunday in Tanzania mm -hmm. when we went to that service just yeah. to you know they always sit you right up in the front yeah. you know make sure you're in the front but i think it was it was important for us to be there to be to show we thought it was important, the service was important, and just being around the local people. And I'm sure we were quite a sight for them to come and see. Sure. But I think just so immersing yourself as much in the culture as you can. And even <laughs> was one of those things, it was very simple, but it was something I think that was important for us to do. A lot of our team members had already planned not to eat. And well, some did. Some did. I, I was, you know, I'm, you and I, I'm, I can eat just about anything. And it was, and it was good. It was really good. It was just, uh, yeah, like from my standpoint, I'm diabetic. It's all white yeah. starch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same thing about every day. But it was, they loved seeing us, yeah. you and I, yeah, yeah, take part. And they'd take our, you can wash your own dishes, but they would go take yeah. our dishes and wash them. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I was thinking about as far as kind of being a part of what we're doing is when we were attending at the second time, I think it was, and we got to serve the porridge to the kids. Oh, yes, yes. And they all lined up. And yeah. Was that was, yeah, that was very my humbling. original song, mm -hmm. yeah. That was I remember that, yeah. That that was, and that's part of learning about the culture while you're there, is being, this is what these kids eat. Yeah. You know, they eat a cup full of porridge and they're thankful for it. So I just it's think hot. That, yeah, it's hot. It's delicious. Yeah. And we ate that too. Oh, we love that. <laughs> yeah, we ate we love that porridge. <laughs> uh
showing in every way that you can that you appreciate their culture and that you are not snubbing it or just sit over here on the side and pretend yeah. it's not going on. Uh, one of the things that I got to do in Peru, one that I talked about there, it was in the jungle again, was I got to help make the uh, that juice that had the berries in it. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. But they cook them in the boiling pot first and then they, I got to be there for the whole process of that. And it just was because I just happened to walk up at the time they were doing it. They're like, you can help with this. Mm -hmm. So that was a really, really neat thing. And I think because I, I felt like it was important to me to do it, but I enjoyed it. And I think they saw that and they appreciated that. So it wasn't something planned. Mm -hmm. I was going to go make juice with that. You know, but it just right. was opportunity came up. And I just thought, this is, this is really cool. Well, they always so drank it that night. <laughs> In so many occasions, they put out the best for us. They do. They really do. Absolutely. Um, the grubs in the jungle oh, yeah. are the best. But that's a yeah. That's a big deal. They yeah. go out and they plan that's that. It's a real treat for them. It boys. is. Yeah. It's a real yeah. treat. And um, I like them too. They like the grizzly kind of bacon. Bacon. They yeah. like bacon. Yeah. It's like bacon. Um, yeah. Um, and they they wrap up the potatoes in Peru. They wrap up the potatoes and corn and they put it, they dig the pit. Yeah. Put that down the pit and we watch them. short-term type missions because they 
it's more like they think it's more like a vacation type thing. And not only do you go there and work one year, but you keep going back and, and putting in the time and effort year after year with one group. It, that just to me really says that's not a vacation. That's that's love. That's that's Christ's love being shared both with them and with us. Because we always say we get as much out of it mm-hmm. as they do. Well, and that's definitely true. And I love that the first year in Peru we started building this dormitory and within four years about four years of going we were sleeping in the dormitory that we helped start building right. from the ground up. We had just right. started it. So that's progress. I mean you see what you, you you're sleeping in the building that you built. Right. Well, thank you both for taking some time out to sit with me and, and join me on Missionary Ramblings podcast. And uh, I hope that you know y'all have enjoyed it. If nothing else, maybe you've learned something. Uh, you yeah. know, so thank you again very much, and uh, check you out on the next episode. Thank you for asking. Thank you.